Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential. Everyone could use a coach, but in this episode of Be Advised, Leading with Value, Brad Swinehart talks to a coach's coach. Joe Lucas specializes in coaching financial advisors. He's been doing it for more than 25 years. He's trained thousands of advisors worldwide, is an author, keynote speaker, and has been named one of the industry's top troubleshooters by Registered Rep Magazine, as well as one of the top coaches in the industry by Registered Rep and Wealth Management. His credentials go on and on, but Brad, I'm going to turn this over to you because you know this guy. Today we have Coach Joe. Thanks for being on the show today, man. Brad, I'm looking forward to it, brother. All right. Well, you and I have been uh, friends for a couple of years now and swim in very similar circles. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of people out there that don't know who you are and, and what you do, but let's let's kind of kick that back of, you know, how did you get into the industry? What are you focused on now? Great question. 28 years ago, I worked for Tony Robbins. I lived in New Jersey at the time. I was one of those people that was like, hey, whatever needs to be done needed to be done. Uh, they said, hey, we need somebody to cover lower Manhattan. I said, done, I'll take it. I would literally commute into lower Manhattan on the path train into World Trade at the time and literally would act like more like a wholesaler. And I would cold walk uh, brokerage houses, offer uh, what most people don't realize. Uh, Tony has a lot of corporate training. And most people think of him as kind of the infomercial guy and all that jazz. But there's a whole other side of the business, the corporate training side. And so that's where I existed. We sold a lot of sales training, a lot of personal development uh, training to firms that really are no longer in existence, Prudential Beige. What happened was uh, two years into that, clients, my clients, if you will, advisors, back then brokers, would start sharing with me their goals. Hey, what did I think? And I'd end up de facto consulting with them. The problem was back then there was no consulting or coaching model. There's no such thing as that. And unless somebody bought from me, it was a pure commission gig. So unless you were going to buy another uh, personal training program or a book or tape program or something like that, I could spend an hour with you and my kids would starve. I made a decision after trying to get it up the flagpole to do something. I said, you know what, I'm just going to go off my own and do this. We uh, resigned on a Friday and Monday I was back on the same path train, cold walking. This is again before 9-11. So you can actually get into buildings and, and do all that stuff. I just went to, um, you know, the advisors at the time, pretty much all of them have retired since and say, look, here's what I'm doing. And here's my offer. It was a very cool offer. Give me an hour of your time. Give me your three biggest problems. Let's work on them. And then I'm going to give you a blank invoice and uh, cash your check only, please. Right. That's how I started my game back in the early nineties. You know, I've never, I've never been a financial advisor, never held a license, uh, never sold a security, but I've always said, I'm, um, that would, that's what makes me really qualified. Here we are 20, 27 years later. And all I do is, uh, you know, eat, live and breathe this business. I love that. And it's just a entrepreneurial spirit that just bit you and said, hey, let's let's get out there and do this. And I think you recognized what a lot of people in this industry recognized is that there's not enough help for financial advisors to really understand the business, but also understand how to run their own business. And that 100 percent relies on you know, sales, marketing, and mindset. And I don't know, that's 
that's something that you're very passionate about is having that correct mindset when it comes to growing your business. And I talk to a lot of advisors and and oftentimes they want to talk to other advisors that have been in the business. But I think having an outside perspective, you know, focused on being an expert at sales, being an expert at marketing, being an expert at, you know, just being properly motivated, sometimes that can be more beneficial than just being an advisor and, and going through that with the, the in the trenches experience. They're both valuable. Myself, I've never been an advisor either. My expertise is more on the marketing side. It's more on the uh, more on the sales side. And there's things that there's a whole other world out there that advisors are not exposed to for various reasons, right? Industry, compliance, all that stuff. And it's almost just as important to get that outside perspective. I, I watch all your videos on LinkedIn. You got some great content on there. And a lot of that circles around mindset and capabilities and helping focus that advisor. So obviously this last 12 months has been crazy for everybody in the industry. So what are the advisors that you're working with today? What are they struggling with most right now? I mean, you know, I always have saying I've had a firm for many decades, which is uh, being an advisor is the ultimate personal development business. All your flaws, all your weaknesses, all your fears, all your insecurities will be laid bare uh, in this business. You'll really know what you're made of. For a lot of for a lot of people, that's a very scary proposition, you know, to have that. And what I have found is when I look at the clients I have that have really elevated to, and again, it's not all about the money, obviously, but money is definitely a factor, is that they really understand themselves, you know, uh, know thyself, right? So if I think about struggles for a second, right, this is a business of, you know, habits, beliefs, rituals, behaviors, right? It's, it's really the human business. And we're all flawed. We're all human beings. What happens is that, you know, it's easy to get off track. Nobody, and I know when we, I do, I do an annual business planning conference, have so have done for 20 years. I can tell you, in November 2019 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, when we're doing business planning for 2020, we didn't have a group discussion over about about a pandemic. Hey, how are we going to allocate for that in our plans for 2020? You know, here, here it is. So, I think a lot of times what happens is that if you don't know how to pivot, and if you don't know kind of how to be flexible in your approach to getting an outcome. You kind of just shut down, and you know, look. A lot of our industry last year, you know, well, I can't do, I can't see people face to face, therefore I'm out of business. Uh, I can't do live workshops, therefore I'm out of business. And you know, if that's your belief set, then you're absolutely 100% right. Where my clients, because that's just the way it is for me, say, look, there's always a way to move things forward. Let's just think outside the box, right? And I think that's what you guys did over at White Glove, right? Hey, let's go virtual. Let's figure something else out. Let's 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 look for the hidden opportunities inside of that, which if you think about it, is really just a byproduct of how you believe and how you think anyway. You're, you're a fixed mindset or you're more of a flexible, expansive mindset. So I think the advisors who struggle or those that are really kind of get fixated, right? Or they're looking at the wrong things. The simplest thing in our industry to do is to go, let's go fix things. So let's go get a system. Let's go, to, let's go get a practice management system. Let's go get a marketing system, right, if you will. And that's going to cure my ills. That's going to fix everything. I'll just make everything work. Quite frankly, in the vast majority of the cases, it's not true. In fact, it doesn't really, it may improve things slightly, but it's not going to give you the breakout. The ones that get the breakouts by bringing the systems in, because they've got themselves figured out. They're already a good operator. They already know how to execute. They just need tools 
to execute at a higher level. So that's what the practice management people bring. Uh, Brad, that's what White Glove brings, right? Tools, system, processes. If you have a great operator, they'll get it done. If you have somebody who hasn't figured themselves out, they'll struggle and they'll blame the practice management consultant. They'll blame the marketing person, right? See, it's not my fault. Until an advisor really takes extreme ownership of their success, their failures, whatever's going on, nothing will change. The reality is this, the person has to evolve, then the, if you will, then your bank account evolves. It's not the other way around. So I think those are some things that a lot of advisors struggle with, is they think, well, I'll just work harder, or I'll go get this. And what you really need to do is take a look at the man or woman in the mirror and tell yourself the truth. <laughs> I think that is so powerful. And I, there's two things that you said that I just want to circle back to. One is, I mean, first thing that struck is being flexible and being able to pivot. You absolutely had to do that last year. And I always ask, you know, advisors that are not willing to do that, that advisors are, I'm going to wait till things get back to normal. If you're not willing to transition, if you're not willing to try out virtual meetings, virtual seminars, virtual prospecting, what else is the option? What are you going to do? It's, it's either do that or do nothing at this point. You're choosing do nothing. Then what you're saying is you are comfortable with your ideal clients, with your ideal prospects, getting that information, getting what they need from somebody else. And that's, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the whole statement. If you're not willing to meet your prospects where they're comfortable meeting, which right now is 100% virtual, then you are willing to let those same prospects talk to somebody else who is. Your first statement, which is I'll just wait for things to go back to normal. It, it's, it's not going to go back to normal. It's just not. It's not going to go back to normal, right? Just having that belief that, hey, that's going to be the case, not, not there. So you're going to be waiting a long, long time for that, right, going forward. So I think, I think again, you get back into the whole mindset, that's a belief set. And, and to your comment, go to where the action is. My experience is the last 12 months, and, and we're really almost at the 12-month window uh, with this whole thing. My clients that were out there playing in traffic, we had great asset gathering years, great asset gathering year last year. We had a great new household year last year. In fact, many of my clients met or exceeded their goals. In fact, for a lot of them, they feel guilty. Like, hey, I had this really great year with when everybody else has not had a great year, right? To your point, it really is about understanding the here now. Boomers are still retiring. Advisors are still retiring. In fact, I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago uh, in a different place. And, and I said, it's actually easier to do business now. Is that there's actually more opportunity today for advisors than it was 24 months ago, than it was 12 months ago. But you got to know where to look for it. I totally agree with all the changes in laws, all the changes in the, the stock market. I mean, there's so many questions consumers and potential clients have. It, it, if anything, <laughs> if anything, there's more questions now than ever. And they're looking for that. And they're not looking for information. That's the, that's the thing that advisors need to understand. They're not looking for information because every bit of information you'd ever want to know, you can hold in the palm of your hand and you can Google it, right? So what they're looking for is someone that can take that information and distill it down in an, an edible way that they can digest it and say, okay, now I understand it. And you know what? I don't need to see the blueprint. I don't need to know what nails you're going to use. I don't need to know what 
you know, hammer you're going to swing. I just need to know that the house is going to get built and I'm going to be okay. That's desperately what people are looking for right now, maybe more than ever. And the other thing that you said that really struck a chord with me that I felt was really powerful is extreme ownership of where they're at. Can you just dive deep into that one? Because I want to hear more about that because that just absolutely entices me to hear. There's a lot of people who have this victimology, if you will, that my compliance sucks, the marketplace sucks, COVID, I can't do stuff. It's everybody else's fault, right? My, you know, my staff sucks. Well, who hired them, right? All those things. So you start looking at that and, and no, nothing's going to change for you until you take ownership of the current situation. If you're always deflecting blame and you have the story, we all, all, all human beings tell stories to themselves. So your story is, well, I can't elevate my game because look at COVID and I can't do workshops and, and nobody wants to do anything right now. And then the, all the political stuff and da, 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 da. Well, yeah. So guess what? That is your reality because that's the story you tell yourself. But if you get up one day and say, you know what? My new, that, that narrative is not getting me where I need to go. Well, now I got to change the story. So what's the new story? New story is number one, I'm responsible. And that's some, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at, when I'm interviewing uh, a potential new client for myself and we're going through that application process, you know, that's one of the things I really look for. I said, how much of the ownership this person really, how much ownership are they willing to take? Because I think sometimes people want to engage in a coach, like it's going to be like this, it's going to be like this fix it person and they're going to come in and kind of like silver bullet my world. Everything's just be great, you know, engaging this person. And I'm like the exact opposite. It's no, no, no. You know, you're going to do all the work. You're going to evolve. You're going to change. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to take ownership. I'm just going to show how to do those things. And then you're going to be self-reliant the rest of your career. Right. So I think, you know, you can tell how a person is by listening to kind of how they explain things. Hey, tell me about your year. Tell me what frustrated you. Tell me, uh, tell me what you're happy about. What, you know, what didn't go well. And you just listen to how they describe things and how much of it is, well, you know, I didn't do a good job doing this or we didn't do a good job or is it all external? Well, because of this and this and this. So I think the first thing is, hey, do we have ownership here? Because if we don't, nothing's going to change, right? And, and look, this is uncomfortable stuff. Um, there's no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. You know, I deal in the truth. You know, one of the things I always say to myself and get ready for my day is always tell my clients the truth. Always speak the truth. No matter what the consequences might be, always speak the truth. And quite frankly, sometimes I have some pretty intense conversations with people, but I'm not going to back down from that because I know it to be right. I know it to be right. So I think, Brad, the bottom line is, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I say, well, here's good news. You're going to stick yourself because you're the one that stuck you there in the first place. But until you can go ahead and, and say, okay, you know what? I take responsibility. Once you say that and you mean it to yourself, now all things become possible. But until that happens, all things are not possible. What we always say is, you know what? Great news. The problem is you. Exactly right. If they, <laughs> if they, if they, if they buy into that, right? Which is, right. that's the thing. And, and look, you mean our game, you and I play in the same, in the same game. Our biggest, our biggest challenges are, quite frankly, ego and arrogance in our space, right? A lot of advisors, totally. yep. ego, you know, ego, arrogant. Now, when you peel that back 80% of the time, that just, that just their, that's their suit of armor. What's really underneath there is insecurity, the imposter syndrome. Like when you get underneath all that, right? But that's the facade they put out there to the world uh, as a protection mechanism, right? 
uh, from that perspective. But that's what that's what holds advisors back from really being great or really accomplishing what they want. They get in their mind that they got to solve their own challenges. That I got to do this thing alone, or you know everything's fine. You know, I'm good. And like, no, dude, you're not good. You're you're barely, you're one quarter away from being out of this business. How can you say you're good, right? And you know, you hear I hear these things in my career. And then I see I see somebody that's got 20 years in this game, and it's like the 20-year startup. Every other starting up again. Like, okay, I'm gonna do this this year, and then next year I'll do something different. And like they're searching for something because they they don't want to take response. They don't want to look in the mirror and say, hey, wait a second. You know, I, I, I'm I'm the issue. You know, you're you know, I, I've said I say this to all my leaders. Your business and your teams are a reflection of you, they're a reflection of your psychology. So if the team's messed up, the business is messed up, guess what? You're messed up because you're the one that leads it, right? It's a reflection. And all change starts with the leader. I don't care if you're a one person, I don't care if you're a one person solopreneur or you're running a $2 billion, 15 professional wealth management firm. It all starts with the leader. I think something very important that goes along with that, you know, you kind of said that every year someone's starting over a big part of that, I think is advisors love shiny objects, which we all do. You know, I'm a, I'm a sales guy at heart too. So I love shiny objects. And what I hate doing is analyzing data. And if you really want to succeed, you have to pay attention to where your revenue is actually coming from. You know, not not gut feelings, which I I suffer from this myself. Ooh, this sounds like a great idea. I really enjoy doing this. Okay, move on to the next thing. Without really paying attention, was was that impactful? Did that change my life in a positive way? And one thing that I've always noticed talking with some of our most successful advisors, these guys are just absolute rock stars from from all sorts of different you know groups and fmos and, and bds and they all have one thing in common and their mentality is absolutely always what can i learn from other successful advisors i like that and i think you know we think about modeling which is what the term i would give it here's the here's the thing sometimes when it when an advisor goes to like a conference, let's just use that as an example because I think this is, this is we all face this. So you know, uh, whatever organization doesn't matter. They'll put their you know they'll put their rock stars on stage and they'll tell the stories and stuff like that. When somebody looks at another human being who has a higher level of success than they do, our brain the first question we want to ask is, well, what are they doing? What are they doing different? Right? What are they doing better? It's what are they doing? And that is not the right first question. The right first question is, what are the, how are they thinking? What are their beliefs? How do they evaluate? What's going on inside the head? That is a complete model, right? And so what most people do is they have incomplete models. So this is what happens. They go to a conference. They hear about somebody doing something. Oh, I'm going to go do that. If they do that, I'm going to do that. And then they take it back to their world. They try it. And it doesn't really work. It doesn't fit. It doesn't do what they think it's going to do. And, they, ah, and then they think, oh, man, it must be me. I must be the one messed up. Look, that person can do it. How come I can't do it? Because you have an incomplete recipe. If I give you, Brad, if I give you a killer cookie recipe, but I leave out a couple of the ingredients, it's going to taste not so good, right? And that's what happens. Guys and gals go into you know modeling these modeling situations, and they look at the behaviors, and they look at the action, but they never get the why. They never get that. 
And that's the one thing, like you ever go to a conference again, and we'll get back to them, and you find someone who's really successful, don't ask, what do you do? Hey, tell me how you think. Tell me how you, what you do in the morning. Like, how do you evaluate? That is a much more impactful way of modeling success than just a bunch of to-dos. And that, that I totally believe in that because it's, there's, there's actions, there's items that you can do, but it's always going to circle back to your mindset when you go into that. If, if you think you can, or you think you can't right? either way, you're right. And I love that mentality of just, Hey, let's get up and let's make something happen today. And we're going to keep doing it until, till it works. And advisors, oftentimes, I think you're, totally on point, they will look at what other advisors are doing and they won't look at why that other advisor is doing that or what that successful advisor did to get to that position. So we have that all the time with guys doing seminars with us. They see they see very successful advisors doing seminars. So they try one, they don't see immediate success. They say, white gloves terrible, I'm out of here. I'm going to do something else. And they don't realize that the person that's seeing such success also has had seminars where they didn't pick up a client. They've also had engagements where they just bombed and they didn't, they didn't get any meetings. Right. But they worked through that because they know it's a process. They know they're going to get better. They know it's a grind. And now they're seeing success over time because they've put in those efforts and they've adapted and modified their behaviors because of that mindset that this is going to work and this is what I'm going to be committed to. That guy that's going to come in and do one event with us, we almost always tell them, hey, you know what? If you if you want to try one, I mean, that's okay. But if you want to see success, do four, do five, then you're going to stick with us for years and years to come. And you're really going to see that ROI. If you want to be that guy that's seeing massive success and doing seminars every week, you can't do just one. I, I agree. In fact, one of my clients and I've had guys do seminars for decades, right? And so the rule I've always had is you, you, you never commit to one, commit to three because your average is you're, is you're rolling three cycles, your three seminar cycle. That is a true indicator because the reality is you're going to have one that's going to be like, man, this is great. I should have done this 10 years ago. You're going to have one like, oh my God, this doesn't work. And you have something in the middle that kind of, it kind of went okay. And you average it all out. You know, and I th- and I think also when when advisors do seminars, what what is it we're really looking to do here? And I think this is where we get into the whole thing. A lot of advisors have this concept, and Brad, you probably see it more than I do now because I, I don't watch all this film anymore. Early in my career, I'd have all my clients send me their seminar film, okay, videotape it, and I would have literally like a like a coach would watch game film. I'd watch VCR tapes. That's how old I am. I would see great content delivered crap with crap, like poorly, right? In essence. And, and I said, you know, you have to remember seminars are not about information. Seminars are about emotion. And if you're standing there or you're in front of Zoom now, right? And you're just kind of giving information and that's all we're doing. What, how's that going to inspire a human being to want to talk to you? Just not, right? You know, it's really about getting an advisor before they're going to go. And look, seminars are nothing more than a platform of influence. What it is. So it's a leverage platform to influence. So influencing one person in meeting, we're influencing 20, 30, 40 in a room, virtual room or real room, it doesn't matter. You just don't show up to those things. So one of the questions I always ask is, hey, what's your pre-talk routine? Like, what do you do? And like, there was like, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, I mean, you're going to get on stage or you're going to get on Zoom. Like what I did this morning, you know, before we, we, we got here for our, our little gathering, this little podcast, I didn't show up here. 
I took five or 10 minutes, got around my mind, focused, visualized, right? Thought about, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but whatever we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about what's passionate. I'm not going to just give them information. You're going to hear it in my voice, my enthusiasm. And that's what I'm going to do. But so many advisors, especially especially guys that have been doing seminars else for a while, they kind of get into this concept of, well, I know what I'm doing, therefore I'll just go do it. And they go through the motions and they lose that emotional intensity. And, 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 and I, I can say this 100% congruently. I'd rather have a client of mine know 50% of the material delivered with passion than knowing 100% of material delivered like a college professor ready you, that you want to go sleep in his class. Totally different. That's what I think a lot of advisors don't understand in any system. The system is it's, it's like a vehicle. You're the driver. I can have a great seminar process, but if I'm a average to mediocre driver, it's going to be okay. But if I can really be a great driver and have a great system, I'm going to win championships. And I think that's what a lot of advisors have got to understand is you've got to elevate your own standards. You just can't show up, that you've got to put yourself on the line and try stop trying to be smart. Why don't you try communicating that you care? That's going to get you a lot more people willing to sit down with you and have a conversation. I, you know, I know you said earlier in our, in our chat today, information and stuff like that. What, the, what, what a person who's coming to an advisor's workshop is truly seeking, assuming they're just not there to be there. They're looking for two things. They're looking for somebody they can partner with, somebody who's got authority and expertise, and somebody who can give them a level of certainty around their investments, their retirement future, so on and so forth in a world of uncertainty. And that makes perfect sense. And especially guys that are going to be doing webinars or seminars for the first time, I always say, record it, watch it yourself. If you work with someone great, like, like Joe, make him watch it and tell, you know, get that outside perspective, but never, never walk into a, anything you're going to do cold and don't practice in front of prospects. That's the, that's the worst thing that you can do. I a hundred percent think you, you have to know your material, but the material is not what's going to get those prospects to raise their hand and say, I want to meet with you. People work with people that they like and the advisor that can showcase that, hey, I'm a real person and I'm here to help, genuinely here to help, not to sell you something, not to cram a bunch of information down your throat. Those are the advisors that see success. When you can showcase that you are, you're genuine, you're a person, that you're, you know, you you talk about your why. And I think every every successful coach, speaker, advisor I've ever talked to has dialed in exactly of this is my why. This is why I do this. And the more, it's kind of strange, but the more specific, the more personal you can be with that, the more universal it becomes. And that's what's going to get people to connect with you. It's not the information. It's not who can teach one more thing. It's who can capture their attention, show that they're a real human being. And that And that's in everything, right? That's in seminars, that's in first meetings, that's in virtual first meetings. You know, all of that, those needle moving activities for advisors, you need to be able to to dive into that. So Joe, we'll wrap up here. Thank you very much for being on the show. If you have just one more 
powerful thing. You know, we talked a lot about you, you wake up every morning and this is going to be your mindset. What do you tell your best clients, the advisors that are seeing the most success for you? What do you coach them on as far as how do you wake up in the morning and what, what happens when those feet hit the floor out of that bed? Right. So I'll, I'll truncate this as fast as I can. So nah. how, how you control the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day sets the tone for the day. You're starting your day with email and news and pieces like that. You've just, you just abdicated control and authority to everything outside in the outside world. All my clients practice, we, we call it discipline. We call it the Magellan Morning 8. It's a very specific eight-step protocol process. Just like world-class athletes use um, pregame rituals or warm-ups, visualization, self-talk, things like that, we've developed uh, an eight-step protocol for advisors that every morning they execute, and it puts them in the right mindset, focused, and they're ready to go rock star their day. If you control your morning, you control your day. You control your day, you can control your business. You lose control in the morning, you lose control of the day, no control of the business. Pretty simple. I love it. Thank you very much for being on, Joe. This is good. This is so valuable. And if you guys aren't following Joe on LinkedIn, absolutely hook up, hook up with him on there. He's always sharing awesome, valuable content. I think I see his videos every single time I get online. I'd love it. Thank you very much for being on the show today. With that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, Brad. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Mike Love. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.